That's me clapping in the mic. A new rhythm section. Oh, yeah. Here on Like Trees Walking, courtesy of Pastor Dave Buggy. That's right. And uh, and I'm Mike Nelson. Friends, don't <laughs> let friends clap on the one and the three. That's all I'm saying. Is that a, a popular saying? Where, where do you get this? <laughs> I, know, I, saw, I saw it somewhere one time, and it struck a note. It warmed my heart. It's like, true, oh, right? Fun. Because you want to do the syncopated clapping. That's right. Those are the kind of hard-hitting issues we take on here at Like Trees Walking, the podcast where we talk about the big, important things of life, truly where life meets eternity. That's what we talk mm. about. Mm-hmm. And, that might be our new tagline. Oh, do you like that? that where was life complete... meets eternity. Yeah. Huh? And uh, the issues we all confront, we're all stuck with them. We're all, there's deathbeds waiting for us all. That's right. Memento Mori, Memento Mori. We're still smiling despite that. And we talk about the issues that we all confront. We do it from a Christian perspective. I stumbled on my own. Oh, take two. We do it from a Christian perspective, but we try not to take ourselves too seriously. (laughs) It's hard to do, though. So smart. (laughs) We're just whistling past the graveyard here on Like Trees Walking. Uh, We take on the big, big, meaty topics like clapping in church. Should you do it? (laughs) We've all been faced with that one. How about uh, raising your hands in church? Oh. In in sort of a... In a worship? Like just a praise? a worshipful thing. Yeah. Where do you stand on that? Oh, I'm... Seriously, I'm I'm hitting... I've never heard your opinion on this before. So this is a hot take from Pastor Dave. What do you say, Dave? As the spirit moves, that's what I say. As the spirit moves, you know, if 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 uh, you're worshiping and a way of surrendering yourself uh, to God in worship is to lift up your hands while you're singing or something like that, I say do it. You know, I'm all I'm all for it. Now at our church, that's not very common. It does happen. Uh, there there are a couple of folks in the congregation who certainly, from time to time, you know, they uh, that's. That's a part of their worship experience, so yeah. I'm, I'm uh, I, I have absolutely no problem with it. I've personally never been one to do yeah. that. I'm yeah. a very uncomfortable doing that person. I 100 percent agree with you. I love those displays that are genuine. Yeah, of people who are genuinely doing it. Um, but I am a um, sort of stuffy Midwesterner whose emotions are crammed down into a. <laughs> dank little box in my soul, and so I cannot be moved by... No, I I am not a very expressive person, but that does not mean that I am not experiencing the wonderful things of worship. But And when other people are more demonstrative, um, it's fine with me. But I think from the outside, that's a dividing line for a lot of people. When When they see people doing that, they're like... Oh God! These are, these are those weirdos. <laughs> yes, I, I do. And it's agree real. With that. It's really not that. It's really not that weird. It's fairly common in very mainstream evangelical Ex- churches. Exactly. Or, and I mean, I think you look at the global church. Like, there's oh, that's yeah, yeah. you know. So our own very limited, you know, uh, Western, uh, you know, sort of upper middle class religiosity, <laughs> yes. like a, a very non-emotive. That's the norm. But you know, across the world, worship itself is this very expressive. 
um, there's a big expressive piece to it, you know? So even, I mean, geez, even getting like everyone to sing the same song feels like expressive, um, in yeah. sort of, uh, in sort of, you know, uh, white, uh, you know, upper class religiosity, like that, that is a big thing. Like you just get people sort of standing there while someone else sings the words. And like, if you actually start singing, that's being one of those people. Right. So we encourage, uh, you know, contextually, culturally <laughs> appropriate expressions of worship. And if that's raising your hands, yeah, but I do think for the outsider, that oh, is that's like a dividing oh, it's line. Like, oh, like, like, start oh, backing towards the. Thing. Uh, Let's get out of here. <laughs> I know. What are they? What are they doing at this church? It's as, it's as if someone had started handling a snake <laughs> exactly. in the middle of church. I think that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> but there's um, it's always funny because people who kind of come from more charismatic, so this would be like Pentecostal, uh, Holy Spirit oriented churches. Like they have all kinds of like that stuff doesn't bother. Me. Like they're like next level. Like there's always a lady with like a flag. That's a yeah, joke. Running that, around with a flag. That's a I've joke. Seen that. You yeah. can tell every Pentecostal person, like, who, where is, like, is there a lady? And it's always like, yep, like, and the person, it's always a lady, and they always bring their own flag from yeah, home. right. Like, you just got the flag, or the tambourine lady, who brings her own tambourine from home. And or it's there's, just, there's, like, spinners, too. Like, oh, yeah. Sort of oh, spinning. Spinning, dancing. Yep. And yep. the laughers. Have oh, yeah. Have you ever had the, the holy laughter? The holy laughter. I've, ne- one, I've never experienced it. I never have. I hope I hope I. I That's hope one I we'll have to will. get into. We don't want to spook away all of our listeners with that one. Uh, but that's not the main that's not our topic. topic. That, that was a good little. Here. That was a good digression. I like that. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, but no, what we are here to talk about is an important issue. And then in the second half, we will continue with the quiz that we've been doing for lo these many weeks now. At first, I was reluctant to repeat it. Now I'm fully on board, and I've the, I've gotten great feedback. The fans love it. And and as a matter of fact, and, and I'm going to spill the beans. It's the Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire quiz. We're nearly done. Uh, a friend of mine just saw Billy Joel in concert at Madison Square Garden. Or what? No, he, I think he was out in L.A. Okay, uh, maybe it was. Was it a stadium concert? I don't know. It was a big concert out in L.A. Said he was fully bald with a little beard, and so he doesn't look like the the Billy Joel of you know of our of your of, of our youth, but that he still had the pipes, but that he didn't do. We didn't start the fire or down Easter Alexis. So he gave it a big thumbs down. He's like, did all the other hits, but neglected the two, I think, big, shouty power ballads that you come to see Billy yeah. Joel do. So disappointing. Hard Billy, a- if you're listening, come on, man. Do it. Sing Heart attack, ac- ac- is that him? Heart attack, ac- ac- that ac- is ac- him, ac- yes. You ought to know I'm by sure he now. did that one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure when Piano Man started, like the entire stadium stood up and everything single person saying every single line there's something like see i mean that's what billy joel does is people can they know those songs they can sing them there was a there was just an article i read about how you know his like you sent it to me i believe right yeah Yeah, you sent it to me um about his madison square garden and just the fact that he sort of brings the generations together and it's like a big sing-along yeah and he do you know when the last time he released an album of new material i have no idea the year of our Lord, 1993. <laughs> and he's been touring to packed stadiums since then. I mean, that since was almost 25 then. years ago. Yes. It's, a, it's astonishing. More power to Billy, man. I love it. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, that's in the second half. But now, Pastor, you've oh, got yeah. a topic. Oh, I've got to throw topic. this out and let's talk about this. So, this, I've been sitting on this one for a while. This was uh, inspired by an article I read uh, online in um, Vanity Fair, the fine publication Vanity Fair. And the title of this article is great. It's too good to miss. It's 
Tinder and the Dawn of the Dating Apocalypse. Wow. And it's just this wonderful uh, – the woman who wrote it, I mean, just paints this wonderfully bleak portrait of um, – you know, particularly, I think it's kind of based amongst the college set. So she goes to like maybe Indiana University or something, and then the rest of it is set in like Manhattan, sort of the the millennial educated professional set, and the function that Tinder plays in um, basically allowing people to have sex without relationships. Um, mm-hmm. and just the, the brutal impact that's having on, on how just awful it is to be a young person where this is a tool, you know, a tool that people use and how it's fighting against forming those deep bonds and connections, those relationships that we, I think all, most people want and need to sustain them going into the future. And, uh, and it just made me think, wow, like th- that this is a, um, such a powerful tool in the relationship between the sexes that, you know, and what impact is this having culturally? So I think, uh, you know, first of all, it's just a wonderful article. We'll, we'll link to it. Um, but, go read it. So for people like me, yeah. back up. Oh yeah. Tinder, what is Tinder? Yeah. I know obviously as a longtime married man, I am not hip to this tinder thing <laughs> what no explain so, what it t- is yeah it's, tinder it's is a, the smart it's the smartphone right so it's a smartphone app um that you put a profile it's like a date it's a dating I, i'm using air quotes here it's a dating app yes okay because so you put a profile on it and uh you people can go through kind of people in their area and see your picture you see so you basically are just looking at someone's picture and you're either swiping right to go like next 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 or if you're interested in that person you swipe left and if that person also swipes left on you it'll make a match and then you can message with that person basically and so you know nothing about them other than their picture there's a profile but it's but do you see the profile before you select the person and they select you or do you just see the picture i think you just you can you can just see the picture and like you can tap on it uh or see more information, but you don't okay, have to but see most the profile. People don't no. tap on the profile. They're just <laughs> no. swiping left. And, and my then. Tinder experts out there, if you're listening and I've mischaracterized it, sorry, but I think it's basically looking at a picture and saying hot or not. Right. That's <laughs> you know? the general mood of the thing is the hot or not. Thing. It's hot. It's hot or it's not. Yeah. And uh, the you know impact that this does is it makes people who basically want to hook up with each other. It's very very easy, you know, to be paired with someone um, in this way. It decreases the social inconvenience and friction that used to be caused by like going out and actually trying to have to meet someone. So, you know, in the old days, say when I was growing up and, and I got married very young, so I'm not like a good test case or example. I got married when I was 22 years old. So, um, but uh, w- one, you know, kind of my cultural perception was, well, if you wanted to like go out and, and meet someone, you'd go to the bar and, uh, you know, you kind of have to like be, you'd, you'd have to put yourself out there and try to insert yourself into conversations and can I buy you a drink and that sort of stuff. Like there yeah. was a, there was a social cost. And so a lot of people didn't do that because they didn't want to be a skeevy person or whatever. So there was a real social cost in going out and just trying to find, you know, just trying to find someone and, and you'd have to go out and be amongst the people and it took some effort and trying now it's like there's no trying involved anymore. No. It's all on an app. So it easily facilitates basically these hooking up relationships, you know. No- and uh, 
And this is a good thing, right, Pastor? I am so thrilled about it because people are making connections, and it is a beautiful thing in this world. No, 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 no. It is, uh, it is soul destroying um, because what it's enabling really to happen. Um, and one of the focuses you see in this article and um, is that it's it's enabling young men to easily procure sex. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> and and it's. Um, and women, and uh, you know, uh, this is not uh, like this. You can hardly talk about these things without being accused. Are you of about to be problematic? I'm about to be problematic because right. I, th- I do think, and I think as a man, I want um, the better angels of my nature certainly desired a relationship. Um, but women, you know, I think are are uh, more tend to look for that dating relationship at a younger age. Like they're they they're, they're looking for that connection with that other person. Men are, men are too, but not in the same way it doesn't seem to me. And so young women are placed in this very precarious situation where they're being connected with guys who are not looking for any sort of ongoing relationship at all except maybe like a, you know, what the kids call a booty call type of relationship. <laughs> you know? So so it's it's like and so in, in and it creates this marketplace this dating marketplace where the incentives are all geared towards um it, you know if you want to meet someone you have to participate in this marketplace because it's ubiquitous the tinder marketplace and all the uh, and basically the the conditions the market conditions that it's created are 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 basically all geared around hooking up and not building relationships so it's not a dating app per se where like match.com, I think yeah. there's a very clear expectation when you use a match.com, you're trying to meet someone to have a dating relationship with, right. you know, that there's something more serious. Tinder is like, no, 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 no. Like we're, everybody knows the conditions going in. Yep. The conditions much. going in are you're trying to meet, you know, not your, your, your miss, you know, Mrs. Wright or Mr. Wright, but Mr. or Mrs. Right now, you know, I, uh, just on that note, I, I knew a guy, and I'm going to disguise some of the the, the, uh, the facts. De- the of this details too. have been changed to protect yeah, the innocent, to protect the people. But someone who uh, is about my age, who had a younger person on his staff and was traveling from town to town with this person on some business thing, and the the guy would get into town and just start working that Tinder, and every single night they just noticed that he was just gone. Like some woman would show up and he'd come in the next morning. You know, they were in some sort of close group where they could, I, you know, you they could knew see the this. comings you and knew goings. the comings and goings of the other people and just said, what is going on? Like he was as amazed as I was. And, and this guy was just absolutely blase about it. Like, oh yeah, that's, that's how it works, man. <laughs> like, does this make you happy? I don't know. <laughs> he really didn't have... It was just astonishing, and my my friend tried to describe just like how mind blowing, but he he couldn't really get any information out of him. He's just like, "That's this is just the way we do it now." What are you talking about? Why why are you even asking? These Go questions? to bed, old man. <laughs> exactly. So this is quite a change. I mean, to someone my age, and like you say, your age, this is a shocking change. It's very drastic, and and you know, we both grew up after the sexual revolution, so you know, we're yeah, used to like right. the change of mores, and uh, you know, even my I have a, a cousin who's like six years younger than I am, and he just really kind of missed out on that, and so you know, he's he's in his late twenties, and he like shakes his head like, man, Tinder, what's up with you? Know what wow, I mean? <laughs> like like what is wrong with that? So what just what 
Yeah, so this is going on in the culture. This is creating expectations around relationships for people in their, in their 20s. And so what is the impact on this? You, you know, why is this a, a, you know, why is this bad? I mean, besides sort of you describe it and you go, oh, that's a bleak hellscape <laughs> yeah. for forming relationships. But, you know, human beings, right? We are made for communion and community and relationships. And when you basically... Uh, you know, I, I talk about sex as a covenant good, and this is theological language, a covenant good, covenant just meaning a commitment that you've made to someone else, a, mm-hmm. a binding of yourself to someone else, a covenant good without a covenant commitment. When we separate those two things, um, it's, it's, it's not good. It's diminishing of ourselves, and, and it's such an impoverished form of existence. So you're sort of, you know, getting what you want, yeah. On the one hand, you know, you're yeah, getting the pleasure, yeah. you're getting what you want on the one hand, but you're not getting what you actually need and what that good was supposed to be tied to. The covenant good is supposed to be tied with the covenant commitment. And when we separate those two things, um, it's just it's just really, really, really going to be bad. And it's not going to be satisfying to one's soul or one's spirit. So I and those my things, head. Yeah, those may not be felt for a while in your life, uh, those, the, the, the downsides of it, because to you, you're, this is great. As the kid, in, in my example, is like, what, I don't even see what's the deal. But uh, there will be a tab to pay at some point for everyone involved. And uh, speaking about regrets in our last show, <laughs> we you, were, I mean, think about you if will you have had a to, lot of regrets. Think it's about just, if you had to go list. You know, you're <laughs> trying to form a relationship, and then you're like, <laughs> "Who have you been with before?" And it's <laughs> you have to pull out like a spreadsheet, Tinder history. Here you go. You know, you print. Oh, here's you all print the your Tinder history. It. Yeah, I mean, that's like that's a horrible thing, and it's it's a habitual thing where you're not feeding into behaviors that are eventually going to help you form, you know, even towards forming relationships. They're, they're forming you in a completely different way. And so, you know, if we, we human beings are, we're ritual creatures, our, our habits form us, they shape us in so many ways. And so if this is your relationship ritual is this <laughs> very low level, like a very easy way of just hooking up with other people, over and over and over again, like that is, think about how that is shaping and forming one's soul. It's really, really bad. And that that's kind of an expected marketplace. Think about how depressing that would be as a, as a young person to be like, wow, if I even want to like be social or meet people, I have to do this. So I say reject Tinder, reject the premise. Um, <laughs> you know, and this is a way that I think, you know, people talk about technologies like, well, it's, it, is it good or a bad? Like, it's just neutral. It's how it's you use tool. it. It's just yep. a tool. It's just a tool. Like, n- you're just a tool when you say <laughs> yeah. that. All right. It's no, it's, it, it actually has, there is a um, teleology behind it. There's a morality inherent in some of these devices. And so the swipe, <laughs> the swiping does something to us. So it's not just a tool. It's oriented in a particular way. So reject it, I say. Yeah, hopefully this isn't like a, uh, you know, the the D.A.R.E. campaign that in some ways uh, taught kids about drugs and how to use them. Kids were like, I didn't know anything about it. Now I know everything and I'm on board. So hopefully, no, don't take that message away from this. No. Don't go, I didn't know about Tinder. I never heard of Tinder. No. This, this, this new tool sounds wonderful. Deep. No, no, it is the exact opposite. Uh, you will have regrets. Just read that. I mean, seriously, read Tinder and the Dawn of the Dating Apocalypse and you will just weep uh you will weep over the world that we have bequeathed um you know to our uh to our children and uh it will make as a parent it's like 
I will, I will never give my children a smartphone um, is kind of how it makes me feel just because it's before they're even ready to even think about what they're doing. They'll just be doing that and it'll be shaping them. They're kind of, it'll be shaping their sort of default positions of their heart um, before they're even ready to think about it. And I don't want to do that. I would just say, I'd add this as a, as a final note. In my business, I look at a lot of old uh, instructional dating films. Um, and a lot of them were made by a company in Kansas. And so they were on the university in Kansas. And you see a lot of B-roll of the students in the traditional 50s, you know, the women wearing skirts. And when they get out of class and everything, you the thing that struck me was how happy everyone was. They are like beaming and it's not phony because this is just B-roll yeah. capturing yeah. what happened. And uh, and I just think of that contrasting with like these glum people slumped over their phones, swiping left. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> these are people like you could see them animatedly talking with one another, you know, hopping around with just all this energy and happiness. And that it always strikes me like, wow, that that looked like it was really, really fun back then. But it was, it's like Pleasantville before like. Can we? We should do a. We should do a whole pod on the movie Pleasant. Though. Okay, I'd love that. That would actually be really, really, really interesting. I'll have to rewatch. I haven't uh, seen it in years. I have neither have I. So I've, or maybe have I ever watched it? Or maybe I've just talked about it so much with people who have watched it. I feel like I have. But we we will we will do a Pleasantville a Pleasantville pod. Ooh, that's a teaser. That is a teaser. All right. Well, we'll go to break on that with hopes of Pleasantville dancing in our head, and then we'll be back. With We Didn't Start the Fire quiz, the final quiz. Well, I think it is. I think it is the final quiz. We'll swipe right on this segment here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Am I going? Oh, hey, geez, oh, Mike, I got surprised. I was just staring at my phone. So, but don't worry. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't swiping. I was just on the Facebook. So everyone, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy this, you know, uh, very wonderful of the moment, topical, uh, insightful commentary, then you could do a few things for us. One, if you could go to uh, iTunes, if you could rate us and review us, that would be so helpful. I would be forever indebted to you. I would owe you a life debt. Um, like Jar Jar Binks owed Anakin Skywalker a life debt, so I will happily, happily repay that. Um, uh, you could also follow us on Twitter at LTWPod, or, you know, there's always at Michael J. Nelson or at David underscore Berge. You can like us on fake bo- Facebook, <laughs> fake book, uh, Like Trees Walking Pod, or uh, go to LikeTreesWalkingPod.com, where you can see all of our old episodes, and you can sign up for our email newsletter. And, uh, yeah, so... That is what you could do for us since we have offered all of this to you. So let's get back to the podcast. We are back. Pastor, thank you for that. You're welcome. Any regrets on what you said? I only regret that I wasn't paying attention uh, for the very first part. But I like catching you by surprise. It was a wonderful... That was the natural, real David Burby. Object lesson. It was really, really good. And so to sum up what we talked about, Tinder, swipe right on Tinder. Just get rid of it. <laughs> get rid of it. Delete the app. Uh, it, it's it, Yeah, it's not good. It's, it's not like, oh, I can use it in a good way. And I met my wife on Tinder. Like, congratulations. Um, you know, uh, 
I survived Nagasaki, like, so (laughs) nuclear bombs aren't bad. Whatever, you know, (laughs) come on. Right. Uh, Speaking of nuclear bombs, that may or may not be a part (laughs) of what we have coming up right now. Joseph Stalin. Yes, indeed. It's time for, we think, the final chapter of our We Didn't Start the Fire quiz. Uh, For those of you just joining us for the first time, we started at the beginning of the song about 17 and a half years ago. (laughs) And the point of the quiz is, uh, Pastor Dave Berge has to give me some cogent fact about some uh, explanation, small exegesis of each thing mentioned in the song. And if he gets through two years, the quiz is over and begins again. And so now... The song, it's, a little, it's a little messy. The now. song laid out neatly in the beginning because there were it was divided by years. It is now uh, condensing the time between like the late sixties. So these are all just jumping all over. So the new rules are, I don't know what, three, three in a row, three four in, in a row, row maybe. Uh, we'll see how we feel. All right, we'll <laughs> see, see how, how we feel. Let's uh, start the quiz. <laughs> All right, we finished with... Um, what was our last one, Mike? Refresh the audience. Uh, it was audience. Moonshot. You did Richard Nixon. You had all the facts about Richard Nixon. You knew what the moonshot was. And so we continue on. Dave Berge, are you ready? I was born ready. Woodstock. The musical festival in Woodstock, New York, which, you know, I mean, famous, like a famous, very seminal cultural moment for the baby boomers, this sort of hippy-dippy go listen to music in this awful, muddy, horrible morass, but a true cultural event. But I'm more fond of Woodstock 25, like the 25th anniversary. That that went really well. <laughs> if you're a fan of tipping over towers <laughs> and lighting things on fire. Uh, Watergate. Well, uh, you know, a big political scandal. Richard Nixon, of course, the break-in, uh, uh, the break-in at the Watergate Hotel, uh, which was where the Democratic National Committee, I believe, had all their files. So uh, Nixon somehow knew or had something to do with the Democratic National Committee. You know what the worst into. thing about the Watergate scandal was? What? It, it wasn't the corruption or a president doing these things or the cover-up. It was the fact that every scandal now has gate at the end of it. That is so repulsive. Think about we it. It bequeathed us. It, be, it bequeathed gate to us. But what else can we say about scandal? How, how about the name of the scandal itself rather than just adding the word gate to it to think they didn't do that with like teapot dome like they didn't add dome to yeah, anything exactly. <laughs> Watergate dome yes uh you were correct on that so this is two in a row the punk rock uh, punk rock was a form of music simple chords uh, that emerged in the late 70s early 80s in the you know post-industrial Reaganite and Thatcherite uh, Great Britain. and I yeah, see America. you as a safety pin through the nose, um, <laughs> uh, super glued mohawk kind of guy. Is that where did I... that style? Where did that style come from? I, mean, I know it came from the poor, you know, working class areas of uh, yeah. Great Britain, yeah, uh, and came to like New York City. Was it just that you're poor? You know, you got instruments. You're just going to play them loud with three chords and yell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Okay, you got it. And then eventually it gave us Blink One Eighty Two. So. <laughs> Oh, thank, thank you, you, punk rock. Begin. Begin? Begin. Not Begin Strips. Oh, Menachem, Menachem Begin? Menachem. Menachem Begin. Yes. He was, was he the, uh, 
He wasn't the prime minister of Israel, was he? Or was he the... Oh, God. Oh, shoot. Was he a... a he didn't kill someone, did he? No, 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 no. He was... He uh, probably did. Yeah, he was, uh, he was uh, prime minister of Israel. That is correct. I'm glad you wrestled your way around to that. Uh, so, I don't know. That's four in a row. Let's keep going. Keep going. Yeah, I think we have to keep going. Let's we should keep finish, finish this Let's thing. keep going. Let's keep going. Reagan. <laughs> Ronald Reagan was the whatever okay. was the president yeah. of the United States. Palestine. Palestine, the conf- Israel-Palestine conflict, and you had in the early 80s, you know, the P- PLO, Palestinian Liberation Organization. Terror on the airlines. It was, I mean, there was the Lockerbie, the bombing, right, of the the that Pan Am flight over Lockerbie, Scotland. I would think that was one, the big one they're referencing, there was right? a number of them in the 70s. There yeah. used to be so much more, like, hijacking of planes. Yep. Back in Ayatollahs in Iran. Well, this is when the, the Iranian... Uh, revolution and the ayatollahs the the islamic republic of iran was established with the... so now we know we, where we are in the 70s all right russians in afghanistan this is the uh russia this is russia's vietnam when they invaded uh afghanistan and uh yeah good enough wheel of fortune this is a very an iconic us game show hosted by the great pat sajak and the wonderful Vanna White is correct. Um, Sally Ride. I have n- no idea what Sally Ride is. You don't? No, zero clue. Oh, Sally Ride was the uh, when the space shuttle uh, blew up. The space shuttle oh, disaster. And she, she, she was, was on it. She was like a. Uh, was she a teacher? She was the first woman. Yeah, I believe she was a teacher who sort of plucked for this mission, and then that that was part of the. Obviously, terrible tragedy. Of I was a, I was a little kid. I was like in the hospital having some kind of surgery, and I was just playing over and over and over again on my TV. Oh, that man, yeah, was that eighty six? Um, I don't. I thought it was earlier, but no, you might be right. Yeah, no, I, it couldn't have been eighty six. I think I was in high school. You, you, when the Challenger blew up? Maybe I wasn't. No, you. Weren't. I don't know. <laughs> Look, I'm no Billy Joel scholar. What are you getting down <laughs> on me for? If, if if it was eighty six, I was not in high school. Events are foggy. No, I watched a space shuttle launch in high school. That's a successful <laughs> one. That's it. Um, all right, heavy metal suicide. Oh, uh, oh, uh, some some kid committed suicide, and they blamed like a heavy metal band for the influencing his mind or something yeah, like that. Ju- Judas Priest. Judas Priest. Were they heavy metal or were they just like oh yeah rock and roll? Oh no no no. They were they were heavy metal. They were kind of slightly demony kind of. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, foreign debts. Eighty six was uh, January of eighty six was when. Yeah, so you're good at this. Foreign debts. Oh, um, world. There was lots of global poverty that the World Bank had to step in to do stuff with. Homeless vets. There was a lot of scourge of homelessness amongst veterans, particularly of the Vietnam War. And no, there was like uh, this veterinarian class let out and <laughs> no one would hire them and it became a terrible screw. Yes, of course, that's it. AIDS. The AIDS virus emerged in the 80s as a huge, I mean, huge uh, public health crisis. Crack. And- <laughs> I'm sorry. That was very Norm McDonald of you. That was very Norm McDonald of you. Abe, when you mix cocaine, you basically cook down cocaine with uh, with baking 
powder or baking soda and it turns into a rock form that's smokable. You don't have to snort it. You can put it in your pipe and smoke it. Sounds great. That's another thing. Tinder and crack. <laughs> Get out there and do it, kids. Of course I'm A crack pipe's that. just a tool. It's neutral. Man. That's right. Bernie Getz. Bernard Getz, was he the, uh, did he shoot a couple guys on the subway or something like that? That is correct. Yeah, it was a vigilante, he claimed, on the subway. Right. Hypodermics on the shore. Oh, there's all kinds of, like, dirty needles watching, washing up on uh, the beaches of uh, the United States, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We're, we're almost to the end. Oh. I'm excited. There's two more. China's under martial law. I pretty much... <laughs> <laughs> it's a, you know, usually it's such a free country that uh, this has got to be Tiananmen Square after the uh, Tiananmen Square protests and the crackdown on those dissidents. Correct. And this one is, I'm not sure they have this right on this little explanation sheet. Rock and roller cola wars. Rock and roller. Oh, I see what they're saying. I thought it was rock and roll cola wars, but rock and roller cola wars. Oh, there's like two different... So pep, obviously Pepsi versus Coke and like who, which sort of entertainers or celebrities are yes, it supporting was, one uh, or the other. Paula Abdul and Pepsi had Michael Jackson yes. and famously lit his hair on fire. And, <laughs> and that was kind of the beginning of, part of the beginning of the end for Michael, right? In terms of he had serious pain after that. and, and well, I think that's true. That might be true. Yeah. yeah, so it was really not good. And Paula Abdul is still with us. And you know the final line of the song, and that's what we're going to end this. I can't take this anymore. And I think our audience agrees. <laughs> that is the end of the Billy This Joel was a great quiz. game, though, Mike. I want to commend you. I think that this, you invented this, you created this. This should turn into like a trivia board game. And what could happen is just people continually writing Billy Joel esque yes, verses exactly. for every There's year. There's got to be a component of like re infusing it with a new song. So you have to come up with the phrases that covers the year. And yeah. Trade, this is being trademarked right here, folks. Yep. So don't steal this. It's, it's, uh, it's too late. We yep. already, the, we're, this episode is in the can and I've trademarked We're it. talking to Billy Joel's people. About, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he just think how, he's so rich already. He could be even richer if he just kept writing years and years I and know. years. Oh, Billy. It's like uh, Cole Porter, you know, the uh, Anything Goes. Do you know that song? No. In olden days, a glimpse of stocking was looked on as something shocking. Oh, no, heaven, no, 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 no. You don't know that song? No, I have no idea. what. Anyway, th- there was a lot of contemporary. It was the uh, We Didn't Start the Fire of Its Day. It was mm-hmm. mentioning a lot of contemporary things in that Cole Porter style of being really wordy and, and cute and clever. I thought and you were he- talking about... Cole Porter is like people who carried around. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, anyways. Just, 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 no, but keep, keep what you were saying. What you were saying. So he, so people were rewriting it constantly with new, newer, hipper references of the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he and his lawyers clamped down on that. And then he went to rewrite it later in his life because he thought of a new verse and he couldn't do it because they had effectively blocked <laughs> everyone. At least that's the apocrypha. Um, We'll fact check that when we're out of here. Anyway, all right. So there we go. Tinder and Billy Joel. We did it. We did it. And One. Yeah, I think about Billy Joel writing a Tinder, like a verse, but like a verse that includes Tinder. Swipe right. We didn't start the fire. I think we're on it. We're on to something. Michael Stipe, swipe right. We didn't start the fire. Okay. See, this is a great party That's game. E- oh, this is so fun. All, all right. right. Uh, we will be back next week next year whenever you listen to it yeah whenever it's this is evergreen yeah uh with a new topic and a new quiz and a new tasting for pastor Mm. dave who knows what will happen here on like trees walking but we appreciate you listening uh pastor any parting words 
thank you for listening. <laughs> wow, you wound up like you were going to have something very... Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> thank all, that's you for literally listening. all I've got. I love it. And uh, we'll see you next time here on Like Trees Walking. I regret nothing. <laughs>